now. This week in sport history. January 8th, 1945, the University of Kentucky Wildcats men's basketball team under legendary coach Adolph Rupp sets an NCAA record by limiting the Arkansas State Red Wolves to just six points in a 75-6 win as part of the Division I record 129-game home winning streak that spanned 12 years. <laughs> There's not actually a whole heap of information on this match, unfortunately, but the Red Wolves did not help themselves much. They went two for nine from the free-throw line in that game. Ouch. Wow. Kentucky actually ran 16 players with only Wilbur Shue failing to score, and they also played without future NBA All-Star and All-NBA first-team player Alex Grozer. For the record, the 129 consecutive home wins is 30 clear of St. Bonaventure in second place. Wow. It's no other word. January 9th, 1958, playing NCAA basketball for the Cincinnati Bearcats, future NBA Hall of Famer Oscar Robertson single-handedly outscored his Seton Hall opponents by two points after amassing 56 in his team's 118-54 to victory, his first appearance at Madison Square Garden. Robertson held the record for most points at MSG in college or pros for over 50 years until Kobe Bryant broke it after scoring 61 in 2009. James Harden also had a 61 there in 2019, but the record now belongs to Carmelo Anthony after he scored 62 against the then Charlotte Bobcats in 2014. I remember watching we watched that it at game. your house. Yeah. yeah, that half quarter that he hit yeah. at the end of the first half was just oh nuts. That, yeah, we just jacked that, didn't we? And my brother was there too for some reason. And I can't was, even remember. It was one what. of those games yeah. we looked at and went, "Oh, New York and Charlotte, this is going to be a bunch of crap." Yeah, I think we just kind of kept one eye on it, and then it kind of got more and more yeah, interesting. Like, oh, and we okay. kind of got closer and right. closer he's, to the he's, TV. He's got twenty-five. He's got thirty. Ooh, okay, <laughs> keep going. Robertson was a high school Indiana Mister Basketball and had hoped to be a Hoosier, but their head coach Branch McCracken, well. He was a racist prick, basically. Yeah. Robertson had a very successful college career and was consensus first-team All-American in all three of his seasons. Cincinnati's success continued, and they won back-to-back national championships shortly after he left in 61 and 62. Robertson went on to be one of the greatest NBA players of all time, a Hall of Famer, a nine-time All-NBA first-team player, NBA at 75 player, basically the man synonymous with triple-doubles until Russell Westbrook did it in a season. Mm Mm-hmm. January 11th, 2001, the New York Knicks hold an opponent under 100 points for an NBA record 29th straight game in a 76-75 loss to the Houston Rockets. They snapped a 46-year-old record of 28 straight set by the Fort Wayne Pistons in 1954-55. As it was, the game before the streak started was a 103-101 overtime win over Boston, and that only went to overtime because of a three-pointer by Chris Carr, his only basket of the night. Even then, the Celtics only got to 100 because Charlie Ward sent Rick Brunson to the line, up four, with one and a half seconds left to stop him from launching a three. They would get to 33 straight before the street killer Milwaukee Bucks put 105 points on them behind a balanced attack of Sam Cassell, Glenn Robinson, Ray Allen, and Lindsay Hunter. Oh, it's my youth. You've just mentioned so many names from my youth. It's not funny. This was a really, really boring era of basketball, though. A lot of posting up, a low volume of shots. Scores in the 70s and 80s all the time. Blech. Antoine Walker launching threes, all that sort oh. of stuff. <laughs> January 12th, 2013, and a very appropriate one on the eve of the NFL playoffs, as it's what's now known as the Mile High Miracle Game between the Denver Broncos and Baltimore Ravens in an AFC Divisional Playoff matchup. The Broncos led 35-28 with a minute nine remaining in the fourth quarter before quarterback Joe Flacco launched a 70-yard touchdown pass to receiver Jacoby Jones to tie the game before the Ravens would go on to win 38-35 in double OT. This is one of only six double overtime games in NFL postseason history, 
and was the coldest playoff game ever played in Denver. But truth be told, it probably should have never got to overtime, given Denver had beaten the Ravens 34-17 in Baltimore less than a month earlier. Denver led 35-28 after a 17-yard touchdown from Demarius Thomas, may you rest in peace, with just over seven minutes left, and the Broncos got the ball back with 3.16 to go after Baltimore got to the 31-yard line before turning it over on downs. The Ravens used all of their timeouts to stop the clock before fielding a punt with a minute and nine left, leading to the Hail Mary. Given the Broncos only had a three-man rush and eight guys dropping back into coverage, there's no way this pass should have ever found Jones. But cornerback Tony Carter was supposed to jam Jones at the line of scrimmage and follow him to the sideline. He did neither. Raheem Moore and Jim Leonard had Jones two-on-one, but weren't set up for the long pass, instead expecting a Baltimore first down, given there was still over a minute left. And Jones basically ran past both of them for the score, before Justin Tucker nailed a 47-yard field goal in the second overtime. You could be forgiven, though, Stewie, for thinking that this was a team of destiny, though. Those Ravens, of course, going on to beat the 49ers in the Super Bowl eventually. It was the Harbour Bowl, or the Harbour, because Jim and John Harbour coached against each other. Great game, and, and Colin Kaepernick, of course, after he had a great NFC championship game. Uh, crazy times. Crazy times, indeed. God knows what would have happened if he'd kept playing. Yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, he yeah, he broke all sorts of records in the previous week. Mm. So, yep. I want to rip your heart out as well, I'm guessing. Yeah, look, as a Peyton Manning fan, that one was tough. Do you know, the funny thing is, I don't actually remember watching it. Like, I remember the game, but because I went to double OT, this is before Kyo and all that sort of stuff. It's possible I taped it and my tape ran out. Oh, wow. I, I just, I, I, I've just erased it from my brain. Yeah, yeah. It's probably not the worst thing in the <laughs> yeah. world. <laughs> Oh, double overtime. That's, yeah, don't get many of those. No, not at all. This Week in Sport History. Thanks for listening to this Sport Blokes segment. Why not listen to the full episode and check out their Twitter at Sport Blokes. Sport Blokes.